So My Big Fat Mouth is a brand new series starting next week. Jerry's going to kick off the first couple of weeks here as we talk about things like complaining, gossiping, and uh, man, just how to the overflow of the heart, the Bible says, the mouth speaks. And so I trust it's going to be a great series for us. Uh, just a reminder that next week is a family service. So if you have kids kindergarten and up, they're going to come together and spend the whole morning with us uh, in the room. We love to do that as a church throughout the year. And so this is going to be a fun way uh, to kick off the series to have our kids here with us too. So, hey, I'm excited to introduce our guest to you today. Uh, his name is Ken Johnson. We are so grateful to have Ken here and his wife. Della. They were at our Noblesville campus uh, this past week. And uh, Ken, if you don't know him, uh, is just finishing up a 30-year run uh, serving as the chaplain for the Colts, uh, the longest-running NFL chaplain uh, in the NFL. And he's had a great run there with them, and it's been a great ministry. Uh, but man, the Lord is doing some things in his life and in Della's life as they are planting a brand-new church called New Heights Church that you're going to hear a little about. Uh, they plan or are hoping to, to plant inside of I-465, kind of in the Michigan Road area, or wherever else the Lord may be leading them. Ken is planting with another good friend of mine, somebody that I know have known longer, a guy by the name of Aaron Elliott. And Aaron has served 17 years at Grace Church and just left his role there to come alongside of Ken in planting New Heights. Let me just tell you real quick how I've gotten to know them and why I think our relationship as Genesis Church is going to be a fun one with them. Genesis is a part of an organization called New Thing. And New Thing has a goal to reach 10,000 churches in partnership by 2020 around the world with this desire to plant churches, to start a movement of reproduction, of disciple-making all around the world. We've been a part of New Thing for about eight years now. There are currently 14 churches in Indiana that are working together towards this goal. How can we plant more churches in Indiana? How can we help more people find their way back to God here? New Heights is a part of that as well. And so how, that's how we've gotten to know Ken and New Heights, and so we're excited to play a small part to partner with them, to encourage them, and to pray for them and for their ministry and how God's going to do some amazing things through it. And Ken's got a great message today. He's going to talk to you a little bit about their church and some of the things that they're dreaming about, but it's also a great message about unity. Uh, it's also a great message, especially with the noisy, divided world that we're living in right now about the importance of unity as a church under Jesus Christ and really how we can model the way of Jesus for the rest of the world and really get the world's attention. So you're going to enjoy Ken. I'm going to tell you right now, he's going to turn it up a notch or two in here, all right? So you better bring your A game this morning, all right? But why don't you join me in welcoming Ken Johnson as he comes to share with us. Thanks, Ken. God bless you, buddy. Thanks, Paul. I got a big mouth, so that, that message may, may apply to me. Hey, Amen. God is good, isn't he? Amen. Amen. God is so good. I'm so blessed to be here. I'm going to let you know, I, I, I preached this message. This will be my fourth time, and uh, it, it, no message is the same. So, so that's just how I kind of roll. Let us go before the Lord in prayer. Amen. God, we thank you. As they turn the music up, thank you, Father, that we come again. An old poor black boy from the ghetto who on his way to heaven trying to take as many people as he can with him. Father, I haven't forgotten where I come from. I just ain't forgot where I'm going and what I'm trying to do with my life to help reach the hurting and the lost of our nation, of our world, God. You provide everything we need. You've equipped us with your son and his blood. 
And you tell us through your word that if we will humble ourselves and pray and seek your face and turn from our wicked ways, you said you would hear from us, heal us, and deliver us. God, we pray for unification of the, of the church, not a denomination that our nation, America, has sent so many missionaries around this world to keep this world great. God, we pray that you would give us a specific purpose and calling as we unify our nation. The devil is trying to divide and conquer us. So God, I pray that you would bless us that we can bless America. And America can bless this world. In Jesus' name we pray. And we all say, Amen and Amen. I, I never get tired of singing this song.
I said, everywhere that I go, repeat after me, together we stand, and divided we fall. We in this thing called life. And in this life, you're going to have to fight and fight to finish strong. So look at your old neighbor and say, neighbor, if it's going to be, it's up to you and me to get in the fight because we are better when we fight together. See, it's not fighting against each other. It's fighting against an opponent. As chaplain for the coach, my, my objective every year was to try to encourage our team through faith in God and the empowerment of trusting one another to beat the Patriots. Because if we beat the Patriots, <laughs> we probably would win the Super Bowl. And, and, and in 30 years, we've only got, we, oh, we only got to the Super Bowl twice. But every year, we came back with, let's win, baby. Let's go. In a fight. You get bumps and bruises. You... You, 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 you get some tragedies, and, but you have victory. Ultimately, they have more on the scoreboard than the other person. Now, in war, it's a different thing. See, we don't like using terminology like fighting. When I put on our church marquee, a church fighting to look like heaven, some people are thinking, why do you have to be negative? Why are you fighting? Paul said, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Now there's in store for me the crown of righteousness. Which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day, but not only me, but all those who long for his appearing. We have an adversary called the devil. The world is trying to divide and conquer us and tell us, as God's people, we can live, love, and work together. That's a lie from the pits of hell. We have to show the world by how we love one another that no weapon formed against us shall prosper. That when we come together under the banner of love, in our faith in Jesus Christ, we can literally do all things necessary to make a difference in our world. To show the world, not just by what we say, but by what we do, that we are better when we come together. That's why it's so important. We want a church that looks like heaven coming together for kingdom diversity. It's not a new thing by no stretch of the imagination. It tells us in Revelation, the great nations coming together. When we get to heaven, Oh, what a wonderful blessing it will be when we all sing Jesus and sing the joy of victory. Oh, we get victory in Jesus when we come together. I attend the church now, Lakeview, have over 63 different na nationalities in it. My good friends here, I always butchered. I, I know I'm, I got hit in the head too many times as a football player, I'm telling you. And so I, I, I just have problems. I, I got issues. I've really got issues. I'm sure all y'all got all y'all issues straight, but I got issues in my life, Jay. That's why I need a savior. The whole is they go to blended church. The pastor at the blended church is a Caucasian pastor that's paying for our process to go through our training through ARC. We're part of a new thing, but ARC is associated with related churches. They have like a 93% success rate in helping church plants, and we're one of them. And he is a Caucasian pastor that is intentionally trying to bridge the gaps in our nation. We don't have any African-American brothers in our city that's trying to bridge the gap cross-culturally. I want to be the one of the first. I want to be that guy to show the world that at my home, my home, America, is for all folk. That flag, and when you kneel and defile the process of what people died for, it gives you the opportunity to do the very thing 
to denigrate the flag and almost disrespect the people who died for you. It's our home, not just for black people, not just for white people, not just for Latin people, Asian people, Indian people with the feather or the dot. That all of us matter. Because repeat after me, we may have come over here on different ships. We're in the same boat now. We all Americans. That's it, baby. You better know that. We in this thing together. This brother said in the 60s, the most segregated hour in America was 11 o'clock on Sunday morning. He was right. But this guy right here came right at the same time and says, it shouldn't be. When he would preach in the South, they would put these ropes up to separate the crowds. Blacks over here, whites over there, everybody else, you kind of fit in where you get in. And so, and so, so he would come out and say, that's not going to be. Take the ropes down. Well, 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 we don't do that around these parts. Well, I do this around these parts. Jesus breaks down the barrier. He unifies us. He says, I love, for God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son. That whosoever believe in him will not perish but have everlasting life. Love, love is for everybody. Take them down. They took the ropes down. And they would come together in these camp meetings. Google some of his old camp meetings. Wonderful, wonderful time when he died. They says, oh, my God, the patriarch has gone. What are we going to do? He's met such an awesome example for our nation. There's a void missing. No, it's not a void. Because what he stood for lives on in the legacy that he left by the life that he lived. That he showed us how to do it. That we can be better when we come together. Did he take the ropes down? No, he didn't. Love took the ropes down. Love lifted me. Love lifted me. When nothing else could help. Love lifted me. Love lifted me. Love lifted me. When nothing else could help. Love lifted all of us. Lift us. What's lift us up? Out of the things that separate us, love did it. He used men with different skin to do it, though. Different people who could relate. Because the world will constantly tell us, man, what are you trying to do? Just stay with your own group. Isn't it easier? Maybe. But it's so boring. It is. Man, thank God. See, I know, see, I know white folks get this because y'all love to go eat soul food in the hood. Y'all don't mind driving over that side of town because they serving something that feel good to you. Oh, my God. It's like, yeah. Why we got to come to church and make it so different? Just bring some fried chicken off in here. Just mix it up. Boy, you have fried chicken at our church for almost probably every Sunday. We little rhubarb pie. You ever have fried chicken and rhubarb pie together? That's a, that's a hard thing to deal with, I'm telling you. Rhubarb pie is like chitlins. It's an acquired taste. I don't know where that came from. My mind just got, I told you I got issues, man. I'm, I'm praying to get delivered from my stupid sometimes, you know. <laughs> we have to learn to, love, to laugh at the things that separate us. I was watching television, and I, I, I'll, 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 I'll admit, I, I, I stopped and I was watching the wedding between the, the princess and the white dude. <laughs> you know, because they got this sister that was marrying this white dude over in England, and so there was all the pomp and stands, and so I was going to, like, switch through it until I saw this brother preaching. Y'all see that brother preaching? 
Bishop Curry, oh my God, I wanted to send an offer, and I am not going to lie. Oh, I'm like, this brother start talking about when love finds a way. Oh my God, the brother from Chicago, he almost started hooping. Now, I, I'm not a hooping preacher because a hooping preacher need help. Let me show you how hooping preachers need help. Now, when I say something, what I need you to do, I need you to pause. When I pause, you just say, come on now. And I need some people to say, all right now. And then I need somebody else to say, preach it. So I'm pausing, and I stop. Nicole. Let me say, somebody say, come on now. Somebody say, say preach it. Bring it on. Now, see, this is how you do that. Now, every time I pause, I need you to do that, okay? See, when love find a way, governments will come together. Racism will be broken down. Everybody will be pulled up in the glory of the Lord. When love finds a way, white folks in the suburb who ain't used to saying, come on, will say, come on, come on, somebody. See, that's the preacher. That's what he started. He was doing that, right? And I was like, this dude is preaching, man. He was like, man, imagine a government and nations will love find a way. Imagine businesses convening together when love finds a way. Imagine a tired old world when love finds a way. Unselfish, unsacrificial, redemptive people finding love. When love finds a way, no children would go to bed hungry. Love is the way when, when justice will roll down like a mighty wind. When love finds a way, come on, somebody. See, 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 you got to get trained to do that. It's just going to come natural. See, you don't come that. See, when you come to the New Heights, you're going to get to do that a whole lot. I just have a dream. I do that we can be who we are and grow and learn from each other. I just have a dream that one day we will not only live in a nation, we will not be judged by the color of our skin, but the content of our character, but our character will begin to blend us together as one. When love finds a way, because quite frankly, everybody is welcome at the feet of Jesus. Everybody is. The Jews and the Gentiles. Peter understood. You can't stay separated. When Peter was eating with them Gentiles and he was eating some pig feet and, and, and some chitlins, man, and there, them Jews, them Jews, what you doing, man? We don't, we don't do this. Peter says, have you tried it? It's some good stuff over here. We, we, we're working together. They had that same separate spirit way back when. This is not a new thing. Satan understands if he can divide us, he can conquer us. But he also threatened that when we come together. Oh, my God, when we come together. Because, see, we all share four distinct things. There are many, many more. And they gave me like 30 minutes to preach a 45-minute message because the, the, the kids are going to be burning up because the air condition ain't working. And so I need to finish quick. So I'm going to kind of go through this. And I hear my wife saying, stop talking so much. I've been married 35 years to this amazing woman right here. But she put me in this box. And pastors sometimes, particularly when you're an evangelist, you think you have to say everything that time you get because you don't get to come back. You see what I'm saying? So, so you try to get it all in. And then, and then you feel you didn't say everything. And then people saying, well, you should have preached longer. That's what your pastor said. Cut it short. I'm cutting it short, baby. Because we all share the same creator, the same Christ, the same struggle, the same calling. See, we may all have different kind of dirt, skin colors, but it all come from dirt. 
that he breathed the breath of life in all of us, that our creator fashioned us. We were born winners. I used to tell children, we're not born winners, we're not born losers, we're born choosers. I've stopped saying that. We were born winners. Because when you came out, you came out one in a million, uniquely different. Nobody has your DNA. He can distinguish you from one strand of hair on your head against everybody in the entire world. That's not a metamorphosis. That is a creation. He created us so differently, to be so magnificently, uniquely the same. We're in this thing because Christ, through one man, sent into the world, and through death, through sin. And so that death spread through all mankind because all have sinned. But Jesus came to save us all. All to him we owe. Sin has bought some people in captivity, but the blood of Christ can free you from anything that has you bound. Anything. The world don't want you to know that. The world wants you to believe that you can be bound by those sins and disconform to the patterns because that's who you're meant to be. No. You're meant to be set free from all the things that bond you. They don't, that's not a popular message today, not from the church. Who's going to be that remnant to stand up and say and show that we are better when we follow and do it God's way? Who are the remnants through the struggles of our sin? Because we all got issues. All have sinned and fall short. And there's a wage that we have to pay. When I think about this process of my journey in life, the calling that God has, has us to, to represent the world and transform this world through preaching the gospel, you know, my first book is out there, and it's about the first 40 years of my life, and I got saved. I was one of those dudes who got saved because my history come from so much dysfunction. My second book, I'm writing a chapter in the book to my 8-year-old self. My 8-year-old self was in an attic, being beaten with extension cords to my brothers and sister because my mom had shot my my father, who gave me his name, I've never met my biological father. My mom was a prostitute, and in one of her dates, I was conceived. She was sold to the guy who gave me his name. He's about almost 15 years older than her. She was 13, and she was pregnant with my oldest brother by her father. That's the history I come from. The dysfunction was so bad in this attic. This aunt who was strung out on drugs would feed us dog food and different type of scraps that she would scrounge from whatever. And I remember turning eight, and it was so distinct, I remember turning eight, wanting to die. Literally, tired of being up there in this attic hot. If we made any noise, she would come up and beat us with these extension cords. But there was something amazing about Sunday. Sunday was that time. That she put on this mask, and we got to take a shower, and we got to get out and go to church. And church was music, that preaching. It was those old grannies in those hats. It was people who would give us candy and would kiss on us, the best fried chicken in the world. I'm serious. Oh, my God. I, I love fried chicken to this day. My last meal, I want some fried chicken with some gravy and potatoes, some of them homemade biscuits. 
with that gravy, that, that, that butter running down on it. Well, y'all know it's some, with some good old candy yams and some green mixed with a little bit of cabbage in it. Oh, my God. With a little hot sauce on it. Oh, my God. Got to put the hot sauce on there. Oh, man, and, and we get to come out, and, and we never, I'm like, we knew, because we knew when we went back what would happen. And the church, for me, became this place. That, that it was like I was freedom. It's like felt like home. Felt like home. Not like home was, but what home should be as we build our church. I want a big banner I saw at the church. We was getting some training. Welcome home. Wow. Because when I ask you, what does home feel like? Many of you can probably relate to my story of some dysfunction of where you've come from. It can bring back some painful memories. For some of you, it can bring back memories of, man, Christmas was one, dad and mom's there. But see, home for everybody ain't the same thing. But when I ask you this, what should home feel like? Oh, my God, doesn't it change? That you can feel safe and secure where you're full. You don't have to stop. You don't have to worry about being threatened. It's a place that you just feel appreciated and loved and affirmed. That nobody's ever going to give up on you. No matter what struggle you have, we, we got a calling to help everybody get it. Because quite frankly, all of us are going to meet people like this guy right here. This guy right here was minding his own business and some guys beat him up. But probably because he was in the wrong part of town, he didn't look like everybody else. But he needed some, some help. And some religious people walked by. I can't touch him. I, I got work to do. Get a job. You shouldn't have been where you were at. This Samaritan who understood maybe racism, who understood separatism, they were considered half-breeds, and individuals who were considered even dogs, they used to call them half-breed dogs. Maybe he understood being rejected. Maybe he understood not understanding. I don't feel like home. I don't have any place where I can go. Maybe I, I had nothing else. And this guy went out of his way to help his neighbor. He understood that it was about Jesus. He understood that he had to stay focused on Jesus. The Samaritan understood something that it was about Jesus. I understand that I have to be intentional. When I think about that eight-year-old boy that I'm writing that letter to, my wife says, baby, you need to, you need to, you need to, you need to expound on that some more. Because people need to see that God has brought you from a mighty long way. She sent me some stuff that is so good. And I, when I preach, I preach in the moment of what my integrity says this audience calls for. And then I just kind of preach out of my heart every single time as I'm writing this letter. We moved over 18 times before I was 18. We lived in boxes. I don't know if you know what that feels like. It ne I never had a place where we felt we could establish roots. I ended up still graduated from high school, got a scholarship to go play football at Tufts University, where I met her. 35 years later, we still married. Three awesome children, five grandchildren, and I run after her as much as I can. I ain't got tired of this woman yet, I'm telling you. It's amazing. When love found a way in our life, this group called the Fellowship of Christian Athletes, these guys who, when I went to college, I was so racist and so separatist, and I, I hated them. They, they used to run from me because they were afraid of me. 
when I went all in with Christ, some of these same guys discipled me. To this day, it's amazing. I have a coach. His name is Bill Blankenship. He was our, our leader. He was one of those Caucasian coaches. He was a, a senior in, high, in, in college when I was a freshman. He discipled us. He still supports our ministry at $500 a month. To this day, it's amazing. Years, decades, these guys who, who I used to, I mean, persecute them. These guys support us and loved us. Look past my pigmentation to my potential and my purpose because love found a way. And they represented the church, not a denomination. They represented Jesus Christ with skin on. Man, my wife says, our church wants to be a place that got some slamming, praise, and worship. You're going to hear some everything come on from New Heights. Some praise, that wonderful name. Of, you thought that brother started, but you may have some people bucking and shouting. And you may hear some Latin music. You may hear some country music. You're going to definitely hear some soul music. You're going to hear some soul music. Some Maranatha. Some, oh, man, we just, I, that's just how my mind is. I'm a little bit of everything. I am. I, I may be black on the outside, but I'm very, I like swirl on the inside. <laughs> man, I got a little Lionel Harris, a little Bill Gaither in me. I got some of everything. And it all feels like home to me. It does. It just feels like a place where Jesus is glorified, not a style. Outreach, giving back to the needy. This church is supporting us. We've been giving to the needy. I know what it feels like to go to bed hungry many, many times. And every Christmas we give these moms at least four or five months worth of groceries and give people to pray for them every single year. The inner city group that I've been going deep with straight up, is a place I've been going over for about two years, and I've been the only consistent African-American pastor male that's been going over there. And they think, he keeps coming back. What's up with that? What's up, chap, man? Why you keep, because I love you. I made a commitment. Why I'm building the church. I want them to see that we can build something together, that I can build it for their future, for their families to help them. And at the same time, those individuals who've been supporting us, their kids are just as dysfunctional. They got just as much stuff going on in their lives. And they need Jesus. And we need a place. If, if you, well, well, Molly, Google um, Brooklyn Tabernacle, the downtown location. Oh, 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 I love it. Rich businessman sitting next to a crackhead. All worshiping God. I'm thinking that's the church. I want that church like that, Jack. I want the cowboy dude with the cowboy hat sitting next to the dude with some baggy snacks, plants that just come off the street with his underwear showing with a big old belt, you know, and a big old hat that cocked to the side, and they're all worshiping God at the same time. And I think God be saying, now that got to be God right there. Only God can do that. And it can't be us. It has to be God doing it through us because if it happened at Pentecost, can it happen now? Isn't God the same yesterday, today, and forever? I believe he is. I believe I'm out of time, too. <laughs> but I want to end like this. We have to understand. We're like this fruit bowl. We all may be a little different. You know, we got some bananas in here. Some of y'all like little, like little tough. Got some oranges in here. Got a little pineapples. The pineapple is my best analogy because, you know, it's a little rough on the outside, but when you cut on the inside, it's sweet. Some of y'all the same way, the same exact way. But there's something about when we, we, be, we, we exercise intentionality, 
when we intend on reaching together, what does intentionality look like? Me getting my, my Caucasian pastor, Aaron, and saying, hey, man, I need a guy who thinks systematically because Ken lives here so much that he will never get anything accomplished. It was left up to me. We have to work in tandem. We have to work together. We have to be individuals that operate in our gifting, and we have to be intentional. You have to be intentional. It's not just going to happen sometime. So this church was intentional when they reached out to us. We were intentional when we came here. I haven't had one African-American church, and I've been asking, can we come and present to your alls too, and you send some of your members to work with us? It's a fortress mentality that exists. We're trying to build our kingdom versus God's kingdom. And in the first year, we have to plant someone else. We're looking for the pastor now. I got three years to build it at 60, five years to love it and grow it, and five years to transition it to the next generation that takes me to 70. That's right now. That's happening right now. I can't wait until tomorrow. You are part of something right now that God is doing that's going to make a difference not only in our city, but in many, many individuals' lives who, just like I was at that eight-year-old little boy, scared to death, who needed some hope and needed a place to go that could teach him and show him who he was in an awesome, mighty God. That's what this little thing is really all about. New Heights is a church that's striving and fighting to look like heaven. Not only do we thank you for your help, your support, your love, your prayers, everything you could bring to the table to help us. It's helping us continue doing what I've always done. I love the coats. Ain't going to no more games, though. I'm not. I'm, just, I'm, I'm done. I love it. That's a whole other message. I'll come back and preach that message next time. But I want to build something that really wants to glorify the kingdom. Pastor Jay, come on up here, my brother. We're going to end like this. I need everybody to stand up. Everybody stand up. Everybody stand up. And everybody crowd in the middle. Okay? Everybody crowd in the middle. It's called a huddle up. Huddle up. Huddle up. Huddle up. Now, what we do is uh, 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 this, this message should have been entitled Better Together because we are better together. We're family, one family of God. And see, family come together and hug each other. Now, if you didn't have your deodorant on this morning, just hold your nose and then come on in close. <laughs> Amen. Amen. What, what I always like to end up doing is uh, social media, all these social media people saying, capture the vision, capture what you're doing, capture people coming together. And so that's what we're going to do. Me and Pastor Jay, I call him Pastor Jay because I, 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 I call him Pastor Jay. He's another Pastor Jay. And uh, we, we're going to do a selfie. We're going to do a selfie video, and this is how we're going to do it. I'm Pastor Ken Johnson from New Heights, and he's Pastor Jay with? See, was that the first church, that first service y'all got there? Y'all know that. So y'all need to, but I need some enthusiasm with? You're almost there with? That's what I'm talking about right there. Whoo, yes. And then we all say together, we are better together. So it's going to go like this. Yeah, I'm Pastor Jay with New Heights, here with? Pastor Jerry. With? Yes. And we are? Y'all got it, baby. Y'all quick study, baby. Quick study. Pastor Jay back again, baby. You know I'm with New Ice. I come on and say every time. I'm here with? Pastor Jerry. With? Yes, and we are better together. Yeah! Woo! Thank you, baby. We'll be back later. <laughs> I love that kind of stuff. Amen. Let us pray. God, we love you. We thank you, Father. That God, as we come to an end and God, I know I probably was all over the place in the message, and that's just how I roll. 
But God, I just pray they hurt my heart. I pray they hear the vision and see the vision of just a wonderful church coming to help just some brothers who just want to represent a father. That for all people, all nationalities, all nations, God, Satan, I know he tries to divide and conquer, but God, I know we can't lose when we come together. Thank you, God, as, as we huddle here right now. It's a reflection of what you want us to do in our nation, in our world, God. People coming together, pushing past the things that separate us and getting some skin on each other, getting a little sweat on each other, getting some love on each other, God. And God, we thank you that when we do that, you'll receive all the glory, all the honor, and all the praise. For it's in Jesus Christ's name we pray. And we all say Amen. Everybody repeat after me. We are, we are better, better when we fight together. When we fight together. Amen. 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 Bless you. Can you guys give Ken a hand?